All right, we're joined for the first time by my man, Coach Carl Reed. He's a college football analyst for 24-7 Sports. We all know it, the go-to site for college football recruiting and analysis. And he goes by Coach Reed Live on Twitter. And he is also former head coach of Lutheran North, and he won a state title in 2019. So, Coach, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I'm, it's an honor to be here. I'm just very curious about your journey. And how does someone go from winning a state title, now you're working the other side, so to speak, you're doing the media thing. How's your transition going? Are, are you liking this, uh, working on this side of it? Well, it's going pretty good. You know, um, when you had a kind of high school program we had there, you start to build a lot of relationships with the media, a lot of relationships with the recruiting site. And I had a few guys that played in the, the All-American Bowl. And so I, I started to develop some really interesting relationships with inside 24-7. And you never know what direction life is going to take you in, but it led me to this, and it's been a good transition for me. Yeah, and, you know, one thing I really love about your Twitter feed, again, everybody go follow it at Coach Reed Live, but you keep it you keep it real, but you keep it positive. And I think that's something we really need in this, this day and age, particularly when we're dealing with, uh, you know, so much negativity when it comes to this this college football and recruiting and everything like that. So, you know, I really wanted to ask you about that. Are you on a mission to keep it positive, but at the same time give real advice on there? Well, you want to you tell people the truth. And so most people don't understand how recruiting works, and most people don't understand it from either side. They don't understand it from the college coach's perspective, from the high school coach's perspective, and then what the players are going through. So you always, I always wanted to make sure that my players and the parent and their parents had the best information and the truthful information possible. And it may not always be what you want to hear, but it's definitely what you need to hear because it's going to affect all the decisions that you make moving forward. It's important to understand what an offer is and what it means. Is it committable? Is it uncommittable? And what does it need to go from uncommittable to committable? You know, it's a, it's a lot of things you have to search have to search through now with the transfer portal and now with nils it brings another level to the game right mm -hmm. and so if you don't have an understanding of what it is you're doing and and how those processes work you can be in real trouble and it's interesting you know of course social media has changed the game too and you mentioned it you had some all americans on your roster that you coach you know, how much pressure for these young men do they get with uh, college coaches and, and college fans and high school fans and everything like that? And I cannot imagine all that gets thrown at them in a, in a short period of time. Well, it's, it's pressure, but it's from different levels, right? So if, you, if you're an All-American high school recruit, if you're one of the top 100 players in the country, there's no pressure from a standpoint of opportunities because – you have them abundantly, mm -hmm. right? You can go to any school you want to. You more or less have to sit down and make the best decision for you. Probably the intensity of the fan bases mm -hmm. and the amount of people that contact you. And so you have to, sometimes you have to, well, not sometimes, a lot of the time you have to sit your phone down. You have to get your schoolwork done. You have to remember to still be a kid. You know, it's other things. It's probably more stress on the borderline guys who are in a position where, they might not have a place to go. 
they, they're kind of starting to find out that they're not the recruit or the player that they thought they were. And so those guys probably have more mental pressure. It's probably more of a mental stress for you. But if you're a recruit and Kirby Smart calls you every Monday and Nick Saban calls you every Tuesday and Lincoln Riley calls you every Wednesday, that's not pressure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's not stress. Like you're going into one of the, arguably one of the best times of your life and you just have to make a solid decision for yourself. Now, are there any uh, particular schools or particular coaches that uh, you enjoyed interacting with the most? And, and I'm thinking specifically in the SEC. Well, no, and I and I'm going to tell you why because I understand that that recruiting is just a business, mm-hmm. right? And so, if if you have one of the if you're a high school coach and you have one of the best players in the country, that you can get any coach in the SEC on the phone almost whenever you feel like talking, Mm -hmm. right? But if you don't have one of the best players in the country, it's going to be much harder for you to reach those coaches. So I think that you have to understand that these aren't personal relationships. They're business relationships, and and you should always treat them as such. Um, And so when you're dealing in recruiting and you're dealing in any level of college football business, it's important to understand that these guys aren't your friends. This is a cold-blooded business. It's one of the toughest in the world, and you have to be strong enough to be able to navigate in this business. Mm. Now, I know you're you're a proud St. Louis man, so I wanted to ask you about uh, old Drinkwitz there at Missouri. What do you th- think of the job he's been doing? And it certainly seems like he has made the state of Missouri a priority, and he's, re- he's recruiting the heck out of it, and he did a, did a hell of a job that last cycle. Uh, what do you think about uh, Coach Drinkwitz? Eli Drinkwitz is a ball of energy, and he has brought some exciting momentum to the state of Missouri, especially the the way that he has recruited St. Louis, getting a commitment or a, and a signature from a guy like Luther Burden. Mm-hmm. He actually has a few of the top prospects in the state on campus today. And so um, he's a guy that when he comes through St. Louis, he's a lot more active and a lot more recognizable than, than some of the guys who have been there in the past. And so I think that he's doing a tremendous job there with the way that he's recruited. And I think that you're going to see a, a really good fall from the Missouri Tigers this year. And you mentioned Luther Burden, you know, you know, I don't want, I don't need you to make anything too bold of predictions, but I've just heard so much hype around that guy. Do you think he makes a instant impact for the Tigers this year? Well, he's definitely will. I mean, he's going to start, you know, from the moment he walks on campus. Mm-hmm. And he's as good as any player in the country. A lot of it is going to come down to quarterback play. If they get consistent quarterback play, um, you're going to potentially see one of the most dangerous players in the country as a freshman. Now, uh, another prospect, and I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologize, but uh, the five-star out of California, Nico, you know, there's there's speculation that uh, Tennessee rising up the charts. You, I know you covered that specifically. What can you tell us, the audience, about Nico and, and his massive potential, potentially, in Josh Heupel's offense? Well, number one, he can make all the throws, right? And so when you're talking about a kid like him who can play quarterback for anybody in the country and who has the leadership ability and a, a word that not many people use anymore, I might show my age a little bit, he's got a lot of moxie. Mm-hmm. right he's got he's got a little bit of swagger to him and you have to have that kind of confidence to come in the sec and win the games you're going to win if you're thinking about playing at the university of tennessee you're going to have to go into georgia 
and win if you want to win the SEC East. You're going to have to go into Florida and win. You're going to have to play the you know you're going to have to play the cross conference games with the SEC West schools. And so you need a big time quarterback in some of those situations to take you over the top. But win, lose, or draw, nobody has consistently maybe the fan base that the University of Tennessee has. Hundred thousand fans screaming Rocky Top no matter what the program is doing. So I think it's a unique situation. Josh Heupel has proven year after year um, during his times as offensive coordinator at Oklahoma and Missouri, the places he's been, Central Florida, now Tennessee. He's an elite offensive coach. And if he can close the deal on Nico, um, it's going to put some pressure on some of the SEC defense. And do you think, Nico, just what you know about him, is he the type of guy where – you can really build an entire class around them because other players are going to want to play with, with a guy that, that has that swagger, has that moxie? Well, definitely. I talk to recruits all the time, and I don't care what position you play. I don't care if you're a linebacker, a D lineman, whatever you are. If you want to win games and compete for championships, you need to pay attention to where the best quarterbacks are going because at the end of the day, the guys with elite quarterback play uh, with a few exceptions. You know, Georgia showed this year that you can do without it if you have that type of generational defense. But more times than not, if you have an elite quarterback, you're going to give yourself a chance to win football games. It's interesting you talk about Georgia because I wanted to ask you about that and, and Kirby Smart. And, you know, so you've led a team to a title, so you know you're a great person to ask this question. They just, uh, you know, broke the barrier there in Georgia. They've been searching for a championship for four decades. Now they have it. Is that a, a more difficult thing, or is it is it harder to stay at the top now that uh, you know everybody on that roster has a, has accomplished their mission? Do you think Georgia can stay up there, or is it or is it more difficult to stay at the top? Well, it's difficult to do both, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, dif- it's difficult to it's difficult to win a championship. Winning a championship is not easy, and and every year when you have a team, and, and I've had great teams. And when you got a few guys that are special players, everybody expects you to win every time you go out there. But to to win championships, you have to be able to beat other great teams. And Kirby Smart put himself in position and his program in position where they were generational this year. And so it's tough, number one, to win one. It's, it's Most guys – think about all the great coaches you know. Most guys never win one, right? Now he has an opportunity to put himself – into another stratosphere with guys like Coach Saban and guys like Urban Meyer and Dabo Sweeney, guys who have won multiple championships. It's a handful of guys who have won. But it's hard as hell now to get even on that list with guys who won just one. Now what you're talking about is your legacy and can you continue to keep it going. But I think that Kirby Smart understands that probably better than anybody because he was part of an Alabama machine that consistently won championships. Mm-hmm. And so he has a similar mindset. Um, he's made great new additions on his coaching staff. He's made great movement. Even when he's lost, think about who he's lost. He's lost Mel Tucker. He's lost Dan Lanning, you know, and he's replaced those guys with good guys. You get opportunity. Will Muschamp is, is back in a, in a pivotal role. And so if anybody knows what he's doing, it's, it's Kirby Smart. Now, what do you think about the way Lane Kiffin is going about building his program? Because, you know, with the transfer portal, it's we're in a new era. So, you know, there's no wrong answer here. But it certainly, to me, looks like Lane Kiffin is is looking at the landscape and saying, 
I can't beat Alabama and A&M and some of these other schools for high school recruits, but I can go through the transfer portal, land some elite talent. Uh, do you think that's a sustainable way to, to keep winning? Because they won 10 games last year. I don't know if they can do that again in Oxford. What do you think? Well, I think that Lane Kiffin is, is doing – is taking advantage of the way the situation is now. It, the transfer portal, look how Michigan State used it to jump into mm -hmm. the elite mix in college football. If Lane Kiffin can continue to recruit those players and get those high-caliber transfers to his program, why, why couldn't he compete with everybody in the nation? It's not far-fetched to think that he could consistently put out nine to ten win seasons – if he continues to recruit at a high level, because you have to take the transfer portal into consideration now, whether you're recruiting transfer kids or whether you're recruiting high school kids, it's all about getting the top level high players. And Lane Kiffin did that this year with his, with his transfer portal class. Now, one of my favorite questions to ask everybody this off season, who do you think is going to prove to be a better hire, Billy Napier at Florida or Brian Kelly at LSU, two two really good coaches at two fantastic programs. Well, you two fantastic programs uh, with elite recruiting bases. You got to say Brian Kelly early because Brian Kelly has proven he can do it mm -hmm. at a high level for a long period of time. It's really hard to win at Notre Dame. The academic restrictions are harder. Not playing in a conference is harder. He has put together an exceptional football staff now and then when you think about some of the hires that he's made he's automatic he's, he's turned it around already recruiting I think Billy Napier will do a fine job at Florida but if I had to give it the edge right now I would go Brian Kelly at LSU all right last thing for you Carl I really appreciate all your time is there maybe a recruit or two in the uh, 2023 class that you don't think is getting enough uh, buzz and, and it's going to turn out to be a really, really good college football player? Well, I think one of the top players in the country right now that everybody needs to take a look at, and, and, and I would say that he's probably getting a lot of buzz, but the SEC schools are fighting on him, is Sam Pemba out of IMG. Sam Pemba is a St. Louis native, but he transferred down to IMG a year ago. He's highly coveted throughout the SEC, and I think that um, – I think that he's a really, really elite guy and that he's going to make an instant impact um, across the board, really, no matter no matter who chooses him and where he goes. And it's going to be one of those elite SEC-type recruitments. And another guy, um, and I'm going, to, I'm going to drop down a class probably. No, I'm going to stick with 23. Jeremiah Love is a running back at Christian Brothers High School in St. Louis. He's got elite speed. He's the state champion in the 100-meter dash. He's a state champion in football this year, uh, this past season. And he's starting to heat up a little bit. He doesn't have everybody quite yet, but it's starting to take out from him. And I think that he's going to be a major factor this year on, on the recruiting cycle. All right, Coach, I really appreciate you. Again, everybody give him a follow at Coach Reed Live and check out all the outstanding work he's doing at 24-7 Sports. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. All right, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me.